Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. All right, welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host, Larry Vincent, and with me as my second repeat uh, uh, interviewee? Sure. Uh, guest. 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 How about guest? That's yeah. the word that escaped my brain for the last five seconds. That's awesome. Uh, Brett Havlin. Well, thank you. I appreciate coming back. I appreciate the opportunity to come back and talk to you. Well, you know, look, uh, I, I like it when people come to me with ideas uh, because that means I don't have to think as hard. Um, and and you uh, came to me with an idea about, hey, let's and, and, and not just talk about uh, the unchurched and why they don't come, but let's talk about the differences between Catholic and Protestantism and you know, and, and, and all that. And we're going to get to that in a minute. We got uh, far more important things to discuss first. Sure. Uh, and that is our coffee of choice today. Yes. Uh, this season uh, is unofficially sponsored by, because I have their coffee with me, uh, <laughs> Hoosier, <laughs> Hoosier Warrior uh, Coffee uh, right here in Brownsburg. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Courtney and Alan Driver. Uh, who are friends of mine, uh, veterans themselves, um, and uh, they they roast their own coffee and 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 sell it. Uh, so today we're drinking the Warrior blend. Fantastic. Uh, uh, and so you know if you uh, if you if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I want some of that coffee. They're on Facebook. Just look up Hoosier um, Hoosier Warrior Coffee. Um, so, I, I can tell you that it, it smells. Absolutely fantastic! Yeah, don't you wish podcasts came with their own smells? Like you could smell it through. It's like smell a vision. Yeah, smell a vision. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah, I agree. That'd be nice. All right. Well, let's let's not keep our guests waiting any longer. Cheers. First, oh, the first sip. No, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, that shoe has seen lots of coffee spills on it. That is fantastic. Isn't it good? I I, I love their coffee, man. I, I am a I am a big fan. That of, is. Uh, other coffee. I think I think it's because of the French press too. Well, you know, you got to make it right. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's just uh, excellent. I've excellent. seen I've seen a lot of uh, ruined cups of coffee. <laughs> they went through a Keurig or something. Oh, God. <laughs> thankfully, Keurig will never be a sponsor of this show. Speaking of blasphemous, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Get out. <laughs> All right, well, Brett, let's let, let's uh, let's dive into uh, into this uh, sure. conversation. Um, first off, just so our our, our uh, podcast family can get to know you a little better, um, why don't you talk a little bit about your current life? You know, uh, married kids, sure. What you do for a living, those kind of things. Um, I'm uh, I'm married. Uh, I have three kids. Um, my oldest is in the fifth grade. Uh, my youngest is in kindergarten. Um, so it kind of spans that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that age group. Um, my wife and I have been married for, um, uh, I'm, I'm, this is going to be terrible. I have to count here. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> nine years. Uh, we've been married for nine years. Uh, so here's what I'll do. I'll edit that part out. So yeah. Wait, it's part of it's your okay. Wife. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> she, she'd probably have to think too about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, we've been married for nine years. We've been together, uh, almost 14, um, Great, great marriage, great relationship. Um, 
ups and downs along the way, like any marriage. Uh, I'm a career firefighter, so you know I'm I'm gone a lot. Uh, right. Our last podcast, we discussed uh, my struggles with PTSD, and um, you know my wife was my rock through that. Oh yeah, it definitely helped me out through that. For the audience' sake, that season two. Uh, per, pretty early on in the season, if I remember right, um, March, April. Yeah, so you'll have to look at the. Just look for his name, uh, or actually, either look for PTSD or Brett Haviland. One of the two will be on there. Uh, that's on the website. So anyway, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. no problem. Uh, like I said, I'm a career firefighter. Been a fireman for um, uh, 19 years, and uh, own my own business outside of the fire service. And uh, you know, I I became Catholic. Um, be about six years ago. Really? Yes. See, that I did not know, my friend. Yes, yes. Okay. So, um, I was born and raised uh, Baptist, believe it or not. <laughs> you uh, went from Baptist to Catholic. I did. Wow. I, okay. I was, I was my, uh, my mom was uh, a Baptist. Um, <clears throat> she, they raised me Baptist. Yeah, right. Um, my dad never went to church, really. Yep. Uh, until I got to be about 14, 15 years old, and they started going to church. What 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 caused the change in him? No idea. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I honestly yeah. don't know. All right, that's um, fair. He was he was raised Methodist. In fact, he was a youth minister, part time, not paid, but just part time. He was a youth minister and taught or coached basketball at Woodside Methodist, which is um, kind of near East Side. So while you were growing up, he was a youth minister part time. No, or before? before I was born. Okay, before you were born. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was he was Methodist. Mm. Um, in fact, my mom and dad were married in a, a Methodist church. Okay. Um, at Woodside. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I was raised Baptist. Uh, and when I say Baptist, I mean Bible-thumping Baptist. Okay. All right. Define that for our listeners who may not yeah, understand what uh, that means. Very much right-wing, conservative, very, very modest... Um, Hellfire and Brimstone Baptist. So, do you, and this is, you know, rephrase this however you sure. want. This is just a question. Sure. Were they using the Bible uh, as a weapon? Like, you know. Yes. Yeah. Is that yes. how it was? Yeah. So, your, <clears throat> I would say that the majority of my upbringing was uh, Sunday morning, Sunday school, mm-hmm. Sunday morning service, mm-hmm. Sunday night service. Wednesday night service. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so we would we would attend all of those. Okay. Um, and then any time that the church doors were open for any type of um, event or they called it, um, oh, they had this summertime. It was VBS. No, it was a revival. Ah, the revival. Yeah, and it was. They know, break out a tent. They did. They did. They wow. Did. <laughs> yes. All yeah, right. We had outdoor revival. A hot. Sweaty, nasty, two-hour service. You know, um, it was. It was. I I just recall, and I, and I'm not taking anything away from the pastors uh, sure. that, that I was growing up with because I still talk to yeah two of them yeah um, and they're great guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I just learned over the years that um, there was things that I just wasn't getting from that, and there was a lot of. Um, in my household specifically, there was a lot of hypocrisy mm-hmm. with the teachings versus what was relayed. Okay. And the life, the life expectancy of of how you were supposed to live your life. Um, so it was pretty much uh, you, you heard stuff on a Sunday morning, you, and people acted a certain way on a Sunday morning. 
but Monday through Saturday weren't living that out. Absolutely. Is that true of most of the people you knew, or is that just uh, only the ones you were closest to? I would I would hate to speculate. Sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, I, From my perspective, mm-hmm. what I saw, mm-hmm. um, yes. Okay. But there were... And I don't. I'm not saying the people that I went to church with were bad people. No. And we're all, to a certain, we're all sinners. Amen. We are all sinners. Yep. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. I know I do a lot of things wrong in my life. Yeah. We can bring Laura on to. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she'd be more than happy to tell you all about it. <laughs> but when I when I got older, um, I started learning that there was other religions out there that I could I could learn from. Okay. Um, they were still Christ-based. So what other religions were we talking about here? So when I was about 18, 19 years old, I started going to a, a Methodist church. Okay. Because my dad was Methodist. So you mean denominations. Correct. Correct, not religion. Not now, and I only clarify that because yes. to the audience's ear, you know, religions means Buddhist, Muslim, Correct. you know, things like that, and not... Methodist, that's yes. a denomination. Yes. Right. So, okay. semantically, yes, you're correct. Right. I, I went to the uh, United Methodist Church. Okay. And um, I felt like there was there was a connection there. Okay. Um, the, the, the pastors that I, I listened to, again, phenomenal pastors, phenomenal right. speakers. I just felt I wasn't getting fed. Okay. I still felt like there was something. There was something I wasn't getting. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It was just a. It was a. Maybe it was philosophically. Maybe it was mentally. Maybe it was religiously. Maybe it was emotionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was spiritually. I don't know. I wasn't getting fed. Did, did, is that something that you brought up to the pastor there at the time? Um, no. It, this was all. It was like. So. Being in a Baptist church, you know, it's like, well, this is all I know. Right, right, right. And then I went to a Methodist church, and I'm like, wow, this is this is a lot better. Right, right. So I didn't, it was like I didn't anticipate anything better. Right. But it just, I never felt fulfilled, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. No, no, it makes sense. So here's the thing. Like, as a pastor, we hear this all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I just wasn't getting fed there. You know, and and, and the thing that really frustrates pastors and i'm not saying this you know towards sure. you no but what frustrates us as pastors is that they they most of the time they never come and talk to us about that because we would like to know what does that mean like well, maybe there's something that you're just not understanding maybe it's a community if we if the pastor can't help we can't fix it but if we don't know we can't fix it but i would think as and this is off topic, but I would think... Well, not really, because we're talking about D-Church, yeah, too. So. But I, I think that as a, as a pastor, it would be almost impossible to, to preach to every single person every Sunday. Mm, not, it, yes. I mean, like if I'm thinking, like, okay, I'm going to preach to 400 individuals, yeah, that's impossible. But here's the thing. The, the, when people come to us and they tell us these things, mm-hmm. there's categories. Sure. And, and and while I can't preach to 400 individuals, I can preach to four different people type, you know, in one sermon. Sure. I can hit those things. You know, you know it, it usually about, it comes, boils down to this. People, some people love stories more mm-hmm. than, um, you know, anything else. Some people love uh, expository, which is verse by verse 
uh, more than anybody else. Um, you know, some people like life application more than anybody else. Uh, you know, and, and those are the things that you can kind of bring out into a sermon to uh, to hit as many people as you can in your in your congregation. And I would think that, that would also depend on your demographic that you're preaching to as well. Right, which is why one of the things we learned, um, you know, in, in one of my preaching classes was this idea of uh, gathering together a group of people who represent the different demographics within your church and meet with them for a period of time, you know, no more than like six months at a time, um, and, and asking them their perspectives on the upcoming sermons. Okay. Uh, that way you can learn what your congregation is trying to um, say, what the culture is, you know, how you can speak to them. It's flowing back and forth. Yeah, it's a conversation. Yeah. Right? And that way when, when you get up on stage and you're starting to preach, they know that you've done your work. Right, right. You know, right. and that you're representing them. Sure. Uh, as much as anything else. So, with all that being said, right. um, becoming a fireman, yeah, you know that there's a big Catholic presence in the fire service. Oh, sure there is. Every stereotype of a fireman is a good Irish Catholic. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, there, there was always that kind of... And I... I you can fault me for this, but there was always a certain romance with the Catholic religion. Oh, Catholic, Catholic religion is beautiful. Denomination. Yeah. Um, and I just remember there was always a, um, we, we would always get a blessing from the priest. Okay. Um, he would come in and he'd give us our blessing or he would do um, a prayer or he'd pray over us or, or something along those lines. Or if I went to a funeral and there was a Catholic mass or something, I always felt a sense of peace. Mm. I always felt a sense of connection. I always felt like this is. I it, it was it was that romance. Like yeah. it was just like I felt at home. Yeah. So um, when I met my wife, I knew she was Catholic, and uh, I started going to Catholic church with her. Yeah. And uh, I just remember it was it was awkward for me because. I'd never been baptized. Okay. I'm 20-something years old. I had never been baptized. By the by, the Protestant, uh, through the Protestant? Never oh, been okay. baptized. Because Catholic baptized means something different than Protestant baptized. No, but, it doesn't. Well, as far as infant, because one's infant, one's adult. So that's why yes, I was wondering what but, you meant by that. But the Catholic uh, religion believes that if you've ever been baptized, mm. they accept that baptism. Right, yes, that is true. Whereas with the Protestant religion... Um, if you're baptized as an infant, you are baptized again, as, right? As a knowing, yes, uh, as a knowing believer, yes. knowing believer, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Um, and I won't get too deep in the weeds on that, but um, I'd never been baptized. Okay. I'd never been baptized, confirmed, anything like that. Okay. Right. Um, so for me to go up and receive communion, I couldn't do that because right. I'd never been baptized. Correct. Well, that was all new to me. So I didn't know, you know, do I go up there? Do I receive a blessing? I don't want to look awkward. I don't want to look weird. You know, I don't know any of these mm. prayers. I mean, I never knew the Hail Mary. I mean, I knew the Our Father because we, we prayed it at the Methodist church, but we never prayed that in a Baptist church. Right. I knew the Our Father. I didn't know the Hail Mary. You know, there was a lot of blessings or a lot of prayers that I did not know personally. Right. Um, so I felt 
pretty awkward going into it. Um, and I just remember, you know, I'd been going to uh, St. Malachi for, I don't know, seven, eight years. Wow. And I went to Easter Sunday service, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. And I went to my wife's grandfather, and I told him. And he said, I'll be your sponsor. And so we went to um, RCIA, which mm-hmm. is uh, basically, it's like a, it's it's high school teaching of the Catholic religion. Is it, what does that stand for, RCIA? It's the Rite of uh, Catholic Initiation. Correct me if I'm wrong. I might, I might be wrong. I apologize. I'm pretty sure it means the, the Rite of Catholic Initiation or something along those lines. I was like, Roman Catholic Institution of America. No, no, no. no? no it's, it's a Rite of Catholic... I'm sorry. I apologize. That sounds terrible. But it's RCIA. It's fine, man. Is, is the, like, you're getting into uh, yeah. Catholicism. And, and I became baptized. Okay. Um, I was, uh, you know, confirmed and, and everything. And, um, I did all my, my steps and went through it. I learned more. It was, this was a, not a, like a two week course. Right. Oh, I know. Yeah. This was like a six month course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cat- catechism, right? Is that catechism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went through the catechism. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, so that in that six months, I learned more than I did in 25 years. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, thought there because you went to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to Sunday night service. Yeah. So here you are going to church four days or four times a week. Correct. You know, um, you know, one and, and two, at least two out of four of those, I would imagine, would be Bible study type. Correct. Classes. What, what, why, what did you learn? It was more, so when I, when I went to those, you learned the verses Mm -hmm. and you learned the stories Mm -hmm. and you learned heaven, you learned hell, you learned right and wrong, you learned salvation. Okay. Um, you learned Christ's love. Mm -hmm. You learned those things. Right. But the application wasn't really there. Really? My opinion. Yeah, Again, no, no, no. I'm, yeah, yeah, that, that's, I that's my opinion. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of application. Maybe it was because I was young. Maybe it was because I wasn't open-minded enough or I wasn't mature enough to know. However, when I went into RCIA and I started picking up some of these pieces, I was just flabbergasted at wow, I never knew that. Yeah. Or wow, I never knew that. Or wow, I never knew that. And it was just like, I was very receptive to a lot of this. So, so the, were the doctrines similar as far as, cause, you know, because there's a lot of our doctrines that are similar as far as who Jesus is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Holy Trinity, mm-hmm. you know, Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. all those things. Uh, and so I'm assuming when you, when those topics were brought up, mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, I, I, I know this. But what was different about those from in the Catholic um, the Catholic experience. So let, let's move just a hair f- forward. Okay. Um, I have uh, uh, an individual that is very much involved in his faith. Um, and in his faith, he's Protestant, mm-hmm. but he doesn't believe in music 
at church. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm very familiar with that movement. Yeah, yeah they don't believe in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're very much um, against that because they believe literally that you should not have music in church. Right, and the and, and the doctrine goes that if it's not in the New Testament, we don't do it. Uh, ergo, there's no musical instruments in the New Testament, um, which I'm not here to disagree or agree with that. Our, we have half of our movement believes that. Right. Right. So. <laughs> I, I'm not here to no, argue one way or the other. It, it's really not a matter not, of salvation. And, so. and I am not, I'll be honest with you, I am not a college graduate. I, I All I know is what I know. No, you're you know? pretty and smart. What, so I, what, I've been, what I've been taught. Degrees mean nothing. <laughs> so, and I have three of them, so it means nothing. You know. So, so when I talked to this certain individual, mm-hmm. um, his exact words were, if you become Catholic, you're going to hell. That was the exact words, verbatim. I know. And I said, I don't understand why you think that. Yeah. And he says, well, it's this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And I said, okay, wow. Well, I never thought of it like that. And coming from a Baptist background, hearing these things, Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I remember hearing that. And so then I went to uh, Father Vince at at, uh, St. Valentine, who is, by the way, one of... 12 exorcists in the country and even Protestants Protestant preachers who believe that somebody is possessed come to Father Vince for an exorcism yeah I'm just throwing that out there <laughs> you know he's he's pretty good at what he does I'm, 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 I'm really uh, I'm pretty sure he's ecstatic that you just put his name out there for exorcism yeah he doesn't care I know he's he actually, I actually knew that about Father Vince yeah so. he, he gives uh, wonderful speeches oh, wonderful, yeah. a wonderful and I even if you're not Catholic, go listen to them. I don't think, I don't anticipate people to like open their mind to that kind of stuff. I'm just asking people to listen yeah. to what he has to say. Yeah. Amazing speech. Sure, sure. Anyways, I went to Father Vince and I talked to him about this stuff. And I'm like, what about this? And he says, well, yes, if you think about that in a literal sense. But if you think about it more in a, like, not global. But you know what I mean? Like, if you, if you think about, there's a lot of things in the Bible that were not literal. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things in the Bible that, you know, as a story is being told, you apply that to your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things was um, call no other man father. Right. Why do we call the priest the father? Right. Well, he's not your savior. Right. The, the priest is not your savior. Yeah. He's the father of the church. And if you believe the church is a family. Right. Then yeah. he is the father of that family. Yeah. The, the the funny the funny thing is, and this is all about semantics. Yeah. But uh, you know, when we said no one should be out, shall should be called your father, Paul in Ephesians six addresses fathers, <laughs> right, of children. And that right? that was that was one yeah. of my one of the things that yeah. um, Father Vince said was, so what do you call your dad? I mean, is he not your father? He's only your dad. Yeah, right. And I mean, he's still your father, correct? Yeah, because if I would have called, went up to my dad and said, hey, Stan. <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry. I don't think we'd be sitting here talking yeah, that's about That's right. I don't, yeah, yeah. You know, like, no, my, my oldest son called me Larry one time in his life. And <laughs> I was that like, go well for him. I was like, no, we're not doing that here. Nope. <laughs> so, so you understand, I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of the, yeah. Um, Another one was, um, you know, the rosary. You mm-hmm. know, they say, well, you're babbling, and you're not supposed to babble. Um, babble, what was it, babble like, 
pagans. Uh-huh. You're not supposed to babble like pagans. Well, but the Bible also says pray without ceasing. It also says, also, uh, there was also a whole bunch of them who spoke in tongues. So, you know, and, and there is a Protestant movement that, that, that yeah. does that, even though, you know, like, we may disagree on what speaking in tongues actually looks like, yeah. you know, I, I have a somewhat different view than, uh, say, my Pentecostal friends. Um, but that doesn't rule them out for salvation. Exactly. I'm surprised we haven't brought up the big one yet. Go on. The idols. Right? The the praying to the saints. Well, okay, so it's not that's one of the that's one of the ones that I was questioning. Is yeah. We're not praying to the saints. We're petitioning the saints to pray for us. Okay, so I gotta tell the story, right? Sure. Uh when I was in Iraq, uh-huh. part of my job was taking the Catholic priest to the services. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the throughout the state mm-hmm. of Kuwait, mm-hmm. um, and so every weekend we would drive to eight different services, an hour each. So I was with this guy eight hours or more a day mm-hmm. or a weekend uh, to get people to uh, to the service. And, I, and and you know often they would change. There's this one who was a marine. He was a major, great guy, right? So I was like, all right, this guy wants to. He he's a good talker. He's relatable. He's a marine. So. You know, uh, usually, you know, Marine chaplains are a little bit more down to earth. You know, nothing against my Army chaplain guys because I love Army chaplains as well. So I started asking him questions. And for eight hours every weekend for six months, I asked him every theological question I could. Um, and, and one of the questions I asked was about praying to the saints. And he mm-hmm. goes, and, and I'll never forget this answer. He said, Larry, uh, if, uh, if you needed prayer for something, would you ask me or would you rather ask somebody who had direct access to God? And I was like, oh, no, I'd ask both. That was my answer. You know, he says, yeah, you're right. He says, but that's the thing. These people are in, you know, direct access to God, petitioning on behalf of the people of God. Uh, you know, and that's why, that's why we do it. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Now, whether or not I agree with with uh, uh, whether I, I agree with uh, the fact that are there people are, are the saints in heaven listening to our prayers and giving them to the Father, or is the Father Himself just listening to it and dealing with it? That that you know, I think it's both. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like I I respectfully disagree theologically with that point. Uh, can I be wrong? Sure. I, I, I very tend, well could be. I tend to believe. Right. Um, you and I both we can agree on the fact that. We don't believe that when people are dead that they're 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 dead. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Exactly we don't believe right. that. We right. believe that they're they're alive, mm-hmm. um, whether that be in heaven or hell. Right. I mean, we believe in the fact that people are not dead. Yeah, we believe in eternal life. Correct. Right. Um, and I believe that um, I I truly believe that if um, if we talk to our and this sounds maybe a little trite or a little like horror flick, whatever. Mm. I believe that if we talk to our deceased, I believe they can hear us. I I, I tend to believe that there are guardian angels. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it wrong to to think that you can talk to your guardian angel? I I don't think so. I think yeah. that they if if they are watching over us, surely they can hear us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the same thing with the saints. Um, I I believe that. Um, you know, if if I if I'm not praying to a saint, I'm I'm petitioning a saint for safety or for health or whatever the case may be. Yeah. If I petition them, 
Um, I tend to believe that's a better, I don't know, I, it's a better avenue. doesn't mean that I cannot pray to Jesus Christ right. um, and ask for whatever, forgiveness. But it's also, I feel like, you know, it's like a circle. Um, you know, when when you when you have a prayer circle, mm-hmm. um, if if you, I'm sure that here you have a prayer chain. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, so you have several people praying for you. It's yeah. not just the the pastor praying for you, right? Right, right. You have several people in the congregation praying for you. Mm-hmm. And if one of the one of your elders in the congregation came to you yeah. and said, "Hey, I heard Brett Havlin needs some prayers. Would you mind praying for him?" Yeah, we would you, pray. You do it, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And I feel like that's the same thing. Is... Yeah, and, and, and actually, that makes that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 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 what this boils down to is that I don't believe in any situation that that a true, authentic Catholic uh, considers that idol worship. Nor would it be idol worship, right? Because uh, as the Catholic priest uh, explained to me, uh, the chaplain did. Uh, it's it's just. Asking people who have full, who are in the full presence of God, to pray on your behalf, um, and, and the only time I would say that it it becomes inaccurate is if that replaces our prayers to God. Correct. Right. Yeah. So it would be that yes, if I'm asking other people to pray for me uh, in the church, um, I better be getting on my knees and asking God myself as well absolutely uh, you know I, I need to be connected because we have that spirit within us yes. that groans as Romans tells us uh, that words that we cannot express right right um, and so you know like while I don't pray to you know the saints in heaven uh, or sorry I don't petition yes. uh, the saints in heaven to use the proper terminology yes. um, I, I do petition my brothers and sisters around me to pray, to pray with me for me, um, you know, uh, on my behalf. And I feel like if if we, I think you and I both, and we may disagree on some things, but I think you and I both, we 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 were both playing basketball. We just wear a different jersey. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's kind of where I'm where I'm at with this. It's more like the dream team. Like you know, we come with different team. We come from different teams. Yes. But you know, when it comes down to it, we're all playing on the same. On, right. We're all playing for the same country. Exactly. All yeah. star team. Yeah, the all star team because yeah. you know because yeah. because then that if, if we're talking about two different jerseys, we're talking about opposing teams, right? But we're not opposing. But we're not. We're all playing the same. Right. Game. That's that's the thing. Yeah. 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 We're um, like all stars. Yeah. The, yeah. the goal is the same. I'm, I'm like Michael saying. Jordan. You're like Scottie Pippen. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine, Brett. I was thinking Reggie Miller, but okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, one of the, another one of the big things is, well, why do you pray to Mary? Right. Well, we don't pray to Mary. It's yeah. again, it's a petition to Mary, and uh, even um, even Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, um, had the one he loved. That was John, not Mary. Yes, but yeah. he had the one he loved. Yes. Take her oh, as yeah. his mother. Yes. That he made sure that Mary was taken care of. Exactly. Right. And, um, uh, so, so you know, it, have you ever, you've heard the Hail Mary? I'm sure. I have. So I used to. I, I grew up Catholic. Okay. So yeah. it's you know, Hail Mary, mm-hmm. full of grace. Yep. The Lord is with thee. Mm-hmm. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Right. I'm not praying to her. I'm asking her for prayers to 
Christ. And the Protestant would come back at you and say, well, why don't you just pray that yourself? Well, you can. I mean, to God. You can. Yeah. Um, but um, it, with the rosary, I mean, I'm, I know, you're, you again, you were brought up Catholic. With the rosary, how often do you do, you yeah. do pray to God? Yeah, right. You, you petition Mary for, for prayers. Yeah. But then, you know, how many times do you pray the Our Father? Right. You know, and and you know you have the the mysteries uh, yeah. of faith. I so mean, so here's the Protestant the the Protestant re- response to this. Sure, because I've heard that a thousand times, and and I've even thought it myself. You know, um, and I think that my my thoughts have different matured since then. But, sure, uh, you know, you have okay, a, a Catholic does something wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, like all of us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, he or she commits a sin. Correct. Right. That person then. Uh, has numerous options. Goes to the Father for confession, right? <clears throat> I don't know. Confession is still a normal mm-hmm. thing. Oh yeah. Goes to the Father for confession. Does the uh, the Rosary, um, you know, Hail Mary, uh, you know, uh, prays to whichever saint is over that particular thing. Which we can get into that too if we want to. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, and then you know, uh, and, there, and there's just a whole lot of things in the way that we would say um, of that direct connection to God. Okay. You know? My, my, my thing about that is, and while I agree with you because that's the way I was brought up. Right, right, right. Um, the, the part that I disagree with is, mm. if <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, but your congregation is a family, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I love our church. So, so if, you, if you sin against, if, if you... In the scripture, it says, "If you sin against one, you sin against the family. You sin against the father." That, is, that almost sounds like mafia wise. Like, it does. You, 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 you mess with one of yeah. us, you mess with all yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but, okay. I mean, if you sin, if you sin against me, you sin yeah. against the father. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Um, so, in in and this was a hard one for me. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Because uh, trust me, I had more than one conversation with Father Vince about why do I have to confess to you? Right. And. It was, well, if you consider me the father of the church and you believe that this is a family and if you've, if you've sinned against one, you've sinned against mm-hmm. all and you've right. sinned against, you have to confess to the father. Now, I'm not saying that you're not confessing to Christ because you should. Right. And that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's ever been in confession knows that you can't just not... You can't just go to the priest and just be like, "Yep, I messed up. Forgive yeah. me." It, it, it's not that easy. Okay. Um, two, I feel like if I, um, Larry, let's say you, you had uh, you had this on your desk and I stole it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. I stole it, and uh, I I wasn't going to give it back to you. Okay. Um, but then, all lo and behold, I. Prayed and I said, oh, "I really messed up, uh, Father. Please forgive me." And then I snuck in here at night and I stuck it back on your desk. And you came back in, like, "Oh, it's back! Wow, Did, am I really forgiven?" I, no, no, because I, mean, I I sinned against you. Yeah, should I not ask your forgiveness as well? Yes, you should. And that and that's kind of the concept. I know that's very dumbed down, but that's 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 the gist of it, and that's why there is that kind of. I mean, thought process. Yeah, and, and again, that that that's very fair. All right, um, I think uh, a lot of Protestantism in America today 
is very individualistic. It's about my relationship with Christ. Yeah. It's about me going to the Father. Yeah. Um, I don't need the pastor to um, absolve me of my sins, which is not what's going on with the Catholic. I sure. get that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, it's very set, you know individual focused. With the, that being said, the sorry. Catholic Church, however, um, seems to be more communal. Yes. And and I I don't see that as a negative. I wish that the Protestant Church was more uh, communal yeah. than uh, it currently is. You know, I and w- with what you just said, I'd like to backtrack a little bit. If you have brand new member come in, yeah. or even a five, ten, fifteen year member, I don't right. care. I don't care how long they've been in the church. Yeah. Um, who knows more about theology? The person that comes in that might be a mechanic or a, a pipe fitter or a fireman or whatever, or the person that has studied, and that's what they that's my thought process. If, like, if, if my car broke down, I'm not going to take it to a plumber, I'm going to take it to a mechanic, I'm going to take it to somebody that knows what they're doing. Fair. Um, if, if, um, you know, I got a hole in my roof and, you know, it's leaking and whatever, or if I have a pipe burst back in my back, um, you know, <laughs> that's cold, man. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go to the tradesman that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, audience benefit, by the way, our <laughs> pipe just burst, uh, at the church, uh, two days before this podcast. Uh, and I'm, I'm getting my digs in. He's Sorry. getting his digs in, which is fine. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but, uh. So, in in turn, I believe that if if there's something that I've I've done or sinned against or yeah. or whatever, I should go to somebody that knows more about it than me. Yeah, and I don't think there's a, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Yeah, um, you know, um, and I I think that we we have uh, agreement in that area uh, to where if I sin, then I should seek guidance. I should seek, um, you know, uh, restoration and reconciliation with those that I've sinned against. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think I think that the holdup uh, is that it's a more of an authoritative position that the father holds than, say, senior pastor holds in the Protestant church. Yes, and I, I would agree with that as well. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I think that... Um, at the head of every organization, there has to be somebody that's responsible for whatever. Oh, yeah, and that's and true. I'm not saying in charge of. Yeah. Notice how I said responsible for. Right, right, right. Um, and that, and that's, that's how I feel about, you know, Father Danda. I feel like he is responsible for his flock. Yeah, so, so and, 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 you know, our senior pastor here, Tim, mm-hmm. would feel the same way. He's a fantastic guy, by the way. Oh, he is fantastic. Just got a chance to talk to him. Really enjoyed my conversation with him, by the way. Thank you for that. That's going to help my uh, performance review next year. Uh, <laughs> uh, Larry does a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now you know why I invited you over. Yes. Um, um, I expect that 20 bucks later. Just... <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. We're still recording. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so here, here's, here's the uh, here's the point. I, yeah, Tim would say... He's the shepherd, uh, you know, of the sheep here. That that's one of the responsibilities uh, that Jesus has given us. Correct. Uh, but that whole mediator thing, yes. you know, that the that the priest mediates on behalf of the congregation. 
um, you know, to to uh, to the to the to God, to the Father, mm-hmm. um, to our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that one verse in Hebrews that talks about Jesus being the high priest. Mm-hmm. That talks about Jesus being the one mediator needed for all men. Mm-hmm. Right? How does that? How is that reconciled then within the Catholic Church? So I, and this is just Brett Havlin talking. This may may not be you know. Uh, the catechism or whatever, I tend to believe, um, and, and Larry, you came from, you know, military, you know that there's a chain of command. Yeah, man. yeah that's true. And with the fire service, it's the same thing. It's a chain right. of command. You know, I don't go immediately to my chief. Right. I go to my captain or my lieutenant. Right. And then if that doesn't get resolved, I go to uh, the battalion and, and work my way up. Um, I believe that the priest of our church, of our parish, mm-hmm. is the first step in the chain of command. So this is this is where this is where we are going to disagree. And that's okay. Uh yeah, and I'll and, and I'll explain why. Yeah. When I was in when I was in Iraq and we did chapel. Uh when uh and this is this is SOP for the army. When you walk into that chapel there is no rank. There mm-hmm. is no chain of command. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody is equal, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yes, there was a hierarchy in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the priest stood in for the people, made the sacrifice, mm-hmm. did those things. Um, only one priest uh, a year could go into the Holy of Holies uh, to clean it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, and it was a very hierarchical process. Mm-hmm. But when Jesus died on the cross, mm-hmm. the veil was torn. Right, uh, that separated God from man, which uh, which you know uh, broke the chain of command and said now 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 the private can go to can go to the general mm-hmm. and say I need help and you know because it, 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 within a normal chain of command if a private went around the captain the major the lieutenant colonel the colonel uh, and went straight to the general. That private would not be having a good time the next day, right? Right. But within Christianity, the private can go to the general because the general has become the private's friend and savior. And and there's, I have no disagreement with that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I I'm not saying that that replaces. Yeah. Uh, the ability for the like your your analogy of the private to go to the general. It doesn't replace that. Right. It's just something in in uh, connection with that. Yeah. So <laughs> so you know, so this is how we would see it. The pastor serves as a guide, as you know, as a shepherd. Yes. You know, uh, who who is there to guide us? Mm-hmm. Who is there to give us um, uh, advice? Who is to help us, teach us? Um, you know, uh, and, and that is that is his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to say, look, I'm here to help you get. Uh, closer to Christ, mm-hmm. um, so that you can reflect Christ uh, in a more authentic way. Uh, you know that's why we say at Cornerstone, our mission is pretty clear. Uh, uh, you know, follow Jesus, show others the way. Right? Um, it's it's on everything we do here. You know, that's what we do. One of one of the best quotes I've ever heard is, "Always preach the gospel. Sometimes use your words." Yeah. Uh, who said that? I don't know, but I know I, I, it's, it's one of my favorite yeah. favorite quotes. Yeah. But um, one thing I wanted to wanted to ask you because you're asking me questions, I want to ask you. This is not how this works. I know. <laughs> I want to ask you. A question. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Um, when you when you have when you take communion, yes, the 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 body and the blood of uh-huh. Christ, right? Um, is that truly the body and blood of Christ? We do not believe in transubstantiation. Okay, uh, and, and that's and, my question. Yes, so but, hold on, so our audience understands. Yeah. Transubstantiation, the, uh, the doctrine behind transubstantiation says that when the priest blesses the element, which is, you know, uh, the wine in your case and the bread, that it literally becomes uh, the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. Correct. Right. And which we do not hold to that, um, to that doctrine. So here's, here's something else to, to throw into your hat here. Uh, I believe at last... Last I heard, and my statistics may be off, but more than 50% mm-hmm. of current Catholics mm-hmm. do not believe that that truly becomes the body and blood of Christ. Okay. I do. Okay. <clears throat> I truly believe that if, 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 this is, if, if this is the most holiest of holy, mm-hmm. right. and if this is the most sacred thing that we can do, as Christians, right. as Catholics, not as Protestants, but as Christians, that it has truly become the body and blood of Christ. Right. I take that very seriously. Yeah. Very, very, very seriously. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so much so that when um, I was learning all about this, um, there was, and and I don't have the story exactly correct, so I apologize about that too, but... Um, there was a church that had the host fall, mm-hmm. and they redeemed it. Um, something happened, DNA sample or something, and they found DNA on this, and they couldn't relate it back to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to look it up. I, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll send it to you. and You can add it. To yeah, I, I, I understandably you would you would you would I mean you understand that that I look at that with a very skeptical absolutely absolutely yeah, very but, skeptical but eye. Was, like I would like to know more about yeah, that. Right. But it was yeah. and I again I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they um, are looking into that as one of the miracles. Yeah. Um, and it truly became body and blood of Christ and. Mm. And it, it was just another one of those things where it's not magic. Right. It's not, you know, hocus pocus. Right. I mean, this is this is the same thing that's been going on for 2,000 years. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the same church. It's the, the, it's the original church. I mean, yeah. the Catholic church is the original church. Yeah. Um, you know, St. Saint, Saint John, St. Saint Peter... St. Yes. Paul. Right. I mean, they were all the original yeah. priests. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, I don't know. It just, it stems back to so much history and so much culture and so much, um, and, and, and is there symbolic, uh, symbolic stuff and symbolism? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Incense, for one. The lighting mm. of the candles, the ringing oh, yeah. of the bells. That's really what I love about Catholicism and, and more uh, liturgical um, churches, Methodist, Episcopalian, I mean, doctrines aside, uh, you know, um, the one thing I love is the, the beauty behind what they do. Right. Uh, you know, and, and listen, we don't disagree on the importance of communion. Yes. You know, we, we believe that Christians are, are, you know, only Christians are permitted to take, um, to take uh, what you guys call the Eucharist, uh, what we call communion. 
um, you know, we, we believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, and if somebody, you know, and if somebody has an issue with God, if there's something, if they don't have peace in their heart, mm-hmm. then we, 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 uh, we tell them, look, pray about that before you take communion, because you don't want to take communion in the wrong manner. You know, he, he, Paul himself, I believe, said that if you, if you have a problem with your brother, uh, you know, you play, you put down your, you <laughs> put it down and go fix that before you, before you take communion, yeah. you know. Uh, take it up with him. Yeah. So we... We very much seriously uh, take uh, the practice of communion in our church. And I think most Protestants who practice weekly communion do. Um, you know, uh, I, I think, though, however, uh, that, the, that the problem has become is that for most churches, communion is an afterthought. Um, and, and I think there has to be a rededication to that practice again. Because for us, in the Christian church, Church of Christ... Uh, communion is the center of the service. It is mm-hmm. the pinnacle of the worship service. That's why we hold it in this, you know, in the center. Um, you know, uh, and if we move it to the end of the service, it's only because that's the best place uh, for it to go. That's where the pinnacle needs to go, right? And so, you know, that's that's the importance there. Right? And every mass, um, every mass is a prayer. So you're you're always in prayer yeah, right. when you're in mass, right? And just like you said, uh, the Eucharist is is truly the pinnacle of the, of the service. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's the most that's the most holy of holies in yeah. in Mass. Yeah. And it's it's very it's taken. I don't know. It's, it's just a different. It's taken a, an effect on me to respect that so much more. And you know, I I don't believe people should be talking when the priest is blessing it. I don't believe that you should be, you know, like kind of like this when mm-hmm. you know looking around or or what you know what are they doing back there when I mean this is like you're in the presence of Christ. Right. Well, and this is the thing actually. Uh and I find this with people who have experiences like you have uh or like I've had in our past where <clears throat> we become quote unquote de-churched, right? Which means we stop going to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we become the unchurched. <laughs> And then we start, uh, we find our way back to the church. Mm-hmm. And whether that be Catholic or Protestant, you know, the people who find their way back to church or who didn't really grow up in church, uh, but then found their ch- found church uh, you know, in Christ at an older age, uh, we are the most passionate and gung-ho people about what's going on upstage, uh, on stage than, than the people who sat through uh, you know the service uh, their entire lives because that is just that well that and that of course that's the priest blessing that becomes normal and that's not true of every person who grows up in the church we have plenty of people who take their stuff seriously um, you know at churches all over you know the country but uh, statistics will prove that uh, you know uh, and especially in the Catholic world that those who come to Catholicism later in life are the most dogmatic. Uh, or take it the most seriously, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when when things are, you know, are going on. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. so let, let's let's wrap up. Because, sure. You know, uh, I, I want to honor your time and our listeners' time um, as well. Um, you know, let's just end with this question. As a, uh, as a Catholic, why should somebody who who isn't going to church currently, why should they consider the Catholic Church? Uh, 
Well, that's a tough question. That could be a whole hour by itself. Um, give, give me the elevator answer. <laughs> um, from my experience, mm-hmm. um, there has been no greater blessing. Mm-hmm. There's been no greater forgiveness. There's been no greater joy than my experience of becoming Catholic. Mm-hmm. The, the lessons learned... Um, it's no secret, Laura and I, before uh, we were married, we had two kids before we were married. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember going in to the, the priest uh, to marry us, and he says, I'm not here to judge you guys. That's not my job. Right. He says, I want to see you have a successful marriage. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And I wasn't Catholic at the time. Yeah. And to sit there and listen to Father Joe say that, that's, that's what got the ball rolling for me. Okay. So that forgiveness, that sense of peace, yes, um, that sense of, um, excuse the, the the term non-judgmentalness, <laughs> uh, being un, being not being judgmental. That is an actual word. You said it right. Okay. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know that that kind of thought process of I'm more concerned about your well-being rather than your past. Right. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you. Right. Right. And that, that to me, Father Joe is one of the instrumental people that got me into Catholicism. Yeah. Listening to that man preach and his, his, um, I, I say dedication, but that's such a loose term. Sure. His, uh, spiritualness and his, um, just his, his knowledge. Yeah. It was incredible. Now he got the ball rolling for me. But then Father Vince, you yeah. know, he kind of like, you know, yeah. chipped it in. Yeah. I get, um, but it, it was, it, to, it, if you, Larry Vince, were to come to me and say, you know, I haven't been going to church. I don't want to go to church. Why should I come to St. Malachi? Yeah. Or why should I go to St. Matthew or wherever? Right. Um, I would tell you that it made me whole. Mm. There was always something that I was searching for. Yeah. And it made me whole. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know, and, and here, here's there's a lot of things the Protestant side mm-hmm. can learn from what you just said, because here's what I'm hearing: you made a con- you had a connection with the pastor or priest, and and um, because of that connection, you were willing to listen, yeah, and to receive and to be transformed, yeah, uh, and and you know for the person who's looking to go to church, whether it be Catholic or Protestant, the answer here is for us as church leaders to open ourselves up to connect with those outside of the church sure. so that they're more willing to listen to us. Because uh, if they're not willing to trust us, they're not willing to listen. Absolutely. Right? Uh, you know, and so I encourage anybody, if you're out there listening, you're not, you haven't gone to church uh, in a while, and you want to go back to church, you know, find somebody uh, who is willing to to listen? Yep. And who is willing to not condemn, but to help. And I would like to also say that don't hang your hat on a pastor, priest, what have you. Right. Because they're they're the the channel for Christ. Right. Um, you want to be able to identify, mm-hmm. um, but 
the, the main reason you go to church is not for the pastor. No, you go to church for Jesus. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm guilty of that too. There's times where we have priests that I'm not fond of. Yeah. Um, but that's not a reason to not go. No, I, 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 I'm right there with you, man. Uh, you know, uh, there's been plenty of times where I came on as a new pastor, like, you know, preaching pastor, and some of the congregation would leave because I wasn't their guy. Yeah, you know, I wasn't the guy before. You know, I'm like, that, that's, you know, there's nothing biblical about following a guy. There's everything biblical about following Jesus. And it's hard. It is. It's sure hard. Is. If if you and I don't see eye to eye or if you right. and I don't see, you know, the yes. same thing. Um, or if or if you're, you know, forty years younger than me and you're trying to tell me how to live my life, it's a little difficult. It, yeah, it, you have to navigate those waters uh, very carefully. It's yeah. it's you know, the reason why young pastors leave the church uh, within their first five years of ministry is because they don't know how to navigate uh, how uh, the, uh, how to preach to an older generation uh, makes you know, sense. I was the grand I, I was considered the grandson of many people in my first church. Yeah, because I was twenty four, uh, and they were in their seventies. It's know? hard. Yeah, it is. And, you it's know, hard. so you rely heavily on the Word of God. But that's another podcast for yeah. another day. Uh, you know, the point here is uh, not only does the uh, person coming into the church have to be receptive, but the people leading the church have to be open absolutely right all right well hey man once again all right thank thank you you very much much. i really appreciate it i appreciate it uh listen if you want to know more about uh the podcast uh you can go to our website cornerstonerock.org you can find us on facebook um if you are looking for a church uh uh, you know you can come to cornerstone sundays at 9 or 10 30 uh find out more information also on that website any questions comments concerns uh you can email me larry at cornerstonerock.org all right we will see you next week on the coffee and conversation podcast